It's the cornerstone of our jobs, it's the basis of our instruction, and it's the method of building relationships with parents. Can you guess what it is? Stay tuned to see if you're right. You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferberg, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hey there, friend. I am super pumped that you are back for another weekly mini dose of special education professional development. If this is your first time here, make sure you go back and listen to episodes one through six. They are super short in length, but packed full of beneficial information for those of us who work within the field of special education. If you are enjoying this podcast and would like to receive acknowledgement right here on the show, please leave a review. They give an instant boost to my ego and help others find me as well. So before the intro, I asked you a question, and if you guessed IEP, you would be correct. SPED teachers are in the business of writing IEPs, and sometimes it feels like we will never get into a routine where producing a quality plan is streamlined and painless. Whether you are holding less than 10 a year, or your numbers fall in the upper 20s to 30s or even 40s, you poor thing. IEP meetings can be a constant source of overwhelm, stress, and anxiety. I was browsing through my special education Facebook groups the other day, and I noticed there were a crazy number of posts about writing IEPs. New teachers wanted advice on how to write a good one. Other teachers just needed a vent about how many they had to get done and how stressed out they were. And veteran teachers, they were there to give lots of tips, advice, support, and guidance on how to prepare for and hold an effective IEP. Now, I don't know if this is a positive thing or a negative thing, but I fall in the veteran category. And because of that, I feel like I have a really good handle on writing solid quality IEPs that meet the stranger test, dot all the I's and cross all the T's, and that's how it should be. I've been doing it long enough that I have a system in place that helps me get one completed in a timely manner, and I have the language of the job locked into my brain so that I can easily write little blurbs of information quickly. But it wasn't always that way. And if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that I still to this day make mistakes, but they are not nearly as often and they're always minor in detail. Now, I started my job in the middle of a school year and bless her heart, my principal would not let me run an IEP meeting. She had me sit in with the other special educator in the building and just watch. When the next school year rolled around, I was somewhat prepared, but I'll admit I still held some pretty cringeworthy IEP meetings back in the day. In addition, I've been in on some pretty bad meetings within my district where I just wanted to take the reins and help the poor soul out. I feel like it's just something that we all go through, and that's okay. The parents will be forgiving, you aren't going to get fired over it, and hopefully the instruction you give to the student will far outweigh any negatives of your IEP meeting style. But when we know better, we do better, and my life's mission is to impart the wisdom and knowledge and skills that I have gained over two and a half decades through trial and error, practice and experience, so you don't have to. I want to teach you the top five tips for running an effective meeting. But before we start in with the tips, I want to clearly communicate the number one way to run an effective meeting. It's not an actual tip because it's a non-negotiable. Act professionally. Every tip that I'm going to talk about falls under this one overarching concept. If you show up on time, look nice, are organized, and act in a professional manner with a sense of confidence, your parents will come to know, like, and trust you and the decisions you are making on behalf of their child. Okay, now to the tips. Tip number one, 
pre-conference with team members. This is a three-part necessity. Your IEP meetings will run more quickly and more smoothly if you have talked to the involved parties beforehand. Be sure to talk to the regular education teacher, the parents, and most importantly, the student. If your students are in an inclusive building, which means that the majority of their day is spent with a general education teacher, then it is imperative that you work with that teacher or teachers to collaborate on the IEP. Collaborating with general education teachers can provide insight into what accommodations or modifications need to be made to help the student be successful in their classroom. They may not be the expert in special education, but your gen ed teachers have a wealth of knowledge about school and children in general. Approach them in such a way that they feel like they are a contributing member of the team. One of the best ways to develop a strong working relationship with the parents of the students you serve is to build that relationship from day one. I have a parent handbook in my TPT store that outlines the processes and procedures for placement into special education and provides parents with something concrete they can have in their hands and take home. Also included in there are forms that help parents be an active participant before and during their child's IEP meeting. And last, but definitely not least, get input from the child. The easiest way to do this is to just have a conversation with the child to get an idea of likes and dislikes. This is the best method for your younger students. For older kids, using surveys, questionnaires, or inventories are easy ways to get the information you need. Tip number two, get organized. This cannot be stressed enough. There is nothing more embarrassing than walking into a meeting unprepared with missing documentation, mistakes in your paperwork, or looking frazzled. And trust me, I would know because I've made these errors several times in my career. While parents and administration will most likely overlook your mistakes, it makes you look highly unprofessional. And remember, looking professional was a non-negotiable. Take time before the meeting to make sure you are truly prepared. Use some type of checklist to organize your file and make sure you have all the necessary forms. Organize your paperwork in such a way that it lends itself to easily follow along with the meeting agenda. Also, check over the IEP for mistakes before you head into the meeting and then check it again. I'll admit I hate this part because it's tedious and there are only so many hours in a day, but I've come to realize that I'm not the perfect typist that I think I am, and I work so fast that I do make mistakes. Look for spelling and grammatical errors, but also make sure you haven't accidentally copied and pasted a sentence that has another child's name in it. Not only is this embarrassing, but it's a violation of confidentiality of the other student. Tip number three, have an agenda. Not all IEP meetings are the same, but usually they follow the format of the IEP document. Therefore, most meetings have a similar agenda. You can find a sample agenda in my free special education resource library, but if you don't find this form to work for you and your department, feel free to use it as a model to make one for yourself. Whatever agenda you use, make sure that the introduction happens first and foremost. Don't take for granted that the parents know who everyone is. Even if you know for a fact that they have met someone before, it's best practice to reintroduce everyone and have them state their role at the meeting. Having an agenda keeps everyone on the same page. You can have one printed out and hand it out at the beginning of the meeting for everyone to follow along with, or you can do what I do and have it posted on the bulletin board in the conference room. Tip number four, focus on the family. It's important to not get caught up in the process and forget who the IEP is all about. To a family, even one whose child has been in special education for a long time, an IEP meeting can be emotional and often overwhelming. Pay attention to how the family is doing. Do they seem like they are clearly understanding what is being said? If not, stop and see if they have questions. 
Give them an opportunity to take a break. We throw a lot of information and paper at them during a meeting, and asking them to process it all immediately is difficult. Sending drafts home beforehand can help with this, but it's important to give them an opportunity to talk about goals and objectives that have been proposed, discuss services and what they will look like for their child, and ask questions that occur to them, even if they were about something we talked about 15 minutes ago. Another way to ensure that you're focusing on the family is to stay in a positive frame of reference at all times. Remember, the whole reason a student is having an IP meeting to begin with is because they have a disability of some kind, whether it be in reading, math, writing, speech, language, cognition, behavior, or social interaction, there's going to be a lot of talk about what the child is struggling with. This is why it is so important to start with positive statements, come back to positive statements, and then end with positive statements. This could be anything from what a joy the child is to teach, to how hard she works, or to how seeing him each morning starts your day off right. You can brag about the child's great smile, their eagerness to help out their classmates, or what they excel at. You might also talk about how the student is well-liked or how she gets along with others. I once told a family what a great big brother their son was to his little sister, and they looked at each other like I was crazy. Apparently, he wasn't so nice to her at home. This made them super happy to hear, and it made me feel good that I caused their happiness. Many parents of children with a disability want more than anything to know that their child has friends. Reassuring parents that other students are being kind to their child helps set their mind at ease. Words of affirmation are powerful and get the meeting off to a good start, so make it happen. And tip number five, follow through and follow up. Sometimes the parents will ask for certain things to happen within their child's program. They might ask for a set of flashcards to be sent home. They might ask for some homework that they can work on. They could ask for an OT or PT evaluation, or they might ask for help completing outside agency paperwork. Whatever it might be, make sure to follow through with their requests. Not doing so will cause a loss of trust. In addition, the annual IEP meeting should not be the only contact you have with a parent throughout a school year. Follow up with that family on a regular basis. While federal regulations require a yearly check-in, a student may be more likely to make progress if their teachers, specialists, and family are continually updating one another. Ask parents what their preferred method of communication is, and then make it happen. Working hard to build a partnership with a family will pay off tremendously in terms of support during the duration of your professional relationship. So there you have it. Those are my top five ways of holding a successful IEP meeting. Make sure you head over to spedprepacademy.com slash resource library where you can get access to those free forums and so much more. And if you want to check out that parent handbook, you can find it in my TPT store, Sped Prep Academy. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator, and I'm here for it. I'm here for you, and I am so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you liked what you heard today and realized you have found your SPED soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. And don't forget to leave a review to receive a shout out on the next show. Go out and have a great day and I'll catch you on the next episode.